Happy Monday! This is Cordelia. Welcome to We Heal Together. This is part two of the series that I've been doing on codependency. So part one was last week and I focused on a general overview of codependency. This week I'm shifting focus to recovery and healing. As always, please check out the show notes for my citations, details about me, all the kinds of information that you might be wondering about or wanting to see. If you like the content that you're listening to on the podcast, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Codependent Recovery. If you're going through a breakup or a divorce, I recently published a 98-page workbook, which I'll talk more about at the end of the episode. E- the ebook version is currently for sale, and I really hope you guys love it. And the print version is about to come out too. So let's get healing, friends. So let's get into it. This episode, like I said, is about healing from codependency. So I wanted to start this episode with a quote from Peggy Ferguson. Recovery from codependency is a developmental process that occurs over time. Recovery is not a finite event, but rather an ongoing evolutionary process. People who identify themselves as codependent know what they are trying to eliminate and change in their lives, but they may not be so sure about what healthy looks like from a codependent frame of reference. So I just love that quote because I think it's a good, a good thing to kind of put at the front of our brains as we get into this episode and we get into talking about healing. So this episode, FYI, I'm going to give you 27, holy moly, 27 tips on healing from codependency. But again, keep that quote in your mind as we move through this about it's it's a process, it's not a finite event, and it's something that you're going to be working on, you know, probably probably the rest of your life you're going to have to consider these things. So let's go. All right. Number one, you can get help. So help can be, by this I mean mental help. You can get support. That can take so many different forms. Um, Individual counseling. There are therapy groups such as there are survivors of incest or adult children of dysfunctional families. There is self-help groups like adult children, children of alcoholics. Al-Anon or Codependence Anonymous, and there's just a lot of different resources. I have, I'll put in the show notes as well, I came up with a really awesome like PDF for people who want to get into counseling, but they don't know where to start, or maybe you don't have a lot of money. I have so many, I spend a ton of time and basically just like researched it. 
for you guys and just put a lot of information there. So there should be no excuses if you're struggling and you're not sure where to start. Um, I'll share just one of the coolest tips that I put on there that several people have reached out and thanked me for. If you are near a university or a medical school or something like that, call the university and ask for the psychology department and tell them or ask, hey, do you guys have like a doctoral training clinic, like a student clinic? And basically, in my research, I've found that it's like people training to be psychologists. So they're in the PhD program, they're students, they're learning, they're training under licensed professionals. But basically, you would be training with them and or you would be doing counseling with them, but the rate would only be like $5 or, you know, something small. So if you don't have, if money is a, is a hurdle, I wanted to throw that tip out there for you. Okay, so number two, the key to overcoming codependency is going to be Focusing on relaxing and building a loving relationship with yourself. So you need to, if you have struggled with codependency, that means I'm sure that you've struggled identifying what your own needs are. Somebody else is always, you know, in the picture that you're worried about. You're always worried about what their needs are and your worth is kind of tied into these other people. So for the first time in your life, probably you're going to be navigating and figuring out what your needs are, prioritizing your own self-care, and figuring out like what hobbies do you like, what interests do you like. And that's going to be a huge step for you, and it might feel weird at first. That's one way to help heal. So number three, get in touch with your feelings. Stop and identify your emotions what's been triggering them, how might you respond to them. Try keeping like a feelings journal. uh, Start trying to get in touch with them. And don't judge them. Don't the focus on this tip would be to developing self-awareness about emotion and learning to accept them and feel them and not try to bury them down. Number four, focus on the origins. Like where, where did this all come from? So for example, you may realize like a lot of this came from your childhood. And, you know, this could be, I will say like in figuring out where the origins of this stuff came from, which by the way, go back and listen to my last episode to learn more about where the origins of codependency tend to come from but this might be a little bit triggering you might have a lot of feelings that come up and I just wanted to validate whatever emotions come up for you during this process so try to number five turn the focus inward try to put yourself first and by this I mean a little bit different than what I was saying before about In a previous tip, I talked about developing your own hobbies and things like that. In this tip, I mean, I want you to actively remind yourself you cannot change or fix somebody else. 
So when you feel tempted to fix somebody else's problems and worry about somebody else's problems, you need to turn the attention back inward. You need to value your own wants, your own needs, and you need to work on letting go of control and letting other people take care of themselves. So leave things alone and let people be exactly who they are. This has been such a big thing for me to work on. So personally, myself, when I, a big thing I've identified that I would do is, I mean, I put a lot of my worth in like how helpful I could be for other people. And, you know, I just, I never really, I felt like I had to do that, you know, to like for somebody to be friends with me or to love me or I had to make myself useful and that can lead to really like kind of being controlling because you want to you want to make sure that you are useful so you want everything to like be perfect and so it's been a really huge change for me to to for the first time in my life not to actively be telling myself, like, hey, I can't change or fix somebody else. I don't need, this person can do that themselves. Like, I'm just going to let them take care of it because this this isn't my responsibility and I don't need to insert myself. Number six, so focus on how you're talking to yourself and building your self-esteem. Pay attention to how you talk to yourself. So a lot of low self-esteem is caused by just the way that we talk to ourselves. So this tip involves speaking gently with yourself, encouraging yourself rather than telling yourself what you should or shouldn't do, and then learning to show compassion for yourself. And so a lot of what I'm talking about here and how you're thinking, I'm going to put worksheets in the show notes But this is all really tying into like cognitive distortions, um, which is a big part of cognitive behavioral therapy and just how we think about ourselves. I've done a lot of posts about those recently on my Instagram, but, you know, it's really helpful to tweak how we talk to ourselves when we're working on building our self-esteem back up. Number seven is practice being alone. This can be so scary when you have been codependent for so long, but practice being okay, just being by yourself, just being alone. I'm not even just talking about like romantic relationships. I mean, even like friends and stuff like that, like practice on making your days, like make being alone no longer a fear, just practice getting on you're going to feel uncomfortable in it at first, but then I promise it's going to get to a point where you, you aren't uncomfortable anymore. Number eight, stand up for yourself. If somebody is criticizing you, undermining you, or trying to control you. So a big part of freeing yourself from the codependent tendencies that you've developed is putting yourself first, putting your needs first. And that means speaking up for yourself. It's okay. Like, 
if in the past you've never done this before, it's going to feel weird. But it's super, it's super, super, super important to have your own back. Number nine, work on looking inside of yourself for your worth and not outside. This can be really hard if we think our worth is tied to doing something external, if we think it's tied to a relationship, if we think it's tied to how much we work. Really focus on putting yourself first. Number 10, reach out for help. So, you know, I'm not trying to tell you to go live on this island all by yourself. And if you're like me and you've struggled with this before, go to, like, I found a lot of my worth tied in, like, how useful I can be. So I found it difficult to ask for help. And reaching out for help when you feel bad is really going to be important. Number 11, practice saying what you need. So express yourself honestly and say what you think and feel and actually ask for what you need. Practice taking care of yourself. So by this, I mean balancing things in your life giving yourself permission to do things that you enjoy, going for walks, moving your body, like making sure all of your not just emotional needs are met, but your physical needs are met as well in terms of sleeping and, you know, eating and everything, like prioritize all the needs. Number 13, Look at areas that you do compulsively and then practice balancing those. So some examples that some people do compulsively are drinking, eating, shopping, working, exercising. How might you approach it in a more balanced fashion? So one of the best things that you can do for yourself is going to be creating that balance in your life. Number 14. Detachment. Love detachment. Okay, so leave things alone and let people be who they are. Present moment living. Detachment is really like letting go, releasing yourself from situations and people. And I loved this quote. It's from the book, like, Codependence No More. She wrote, if you're in a situation and you're, you know, you're struggling with this, ask yourself the question, what do I need to do to take care of myself? Number 15, read and learn about your behavior. So in the show notes, I am putting some book recommendations and some different different things to help you as well as worksheets. For those of you who don't know, I have a whole Google Drive that I've assembled, free worksheets. It is really awesome. It's not just codependency. I mean, it has everything. It has how to change your thoughts and worksheets on, you know, approaches from cognitive behavioral therapy. There's stuff for depression, even pregnancy-related depression. 
anxiety. It's all kinds of worksheets for different mental health issues. Um, so that is one tool that you can use to, as you're learning and working through navigating codependency. Number 16, learn to be independent. So by this, I mean learn to take care of yourself where you can and then learn to get help where you need it. Number 17, this is a huge, huge, huge one. I feel like I talk about this all the time, but creating boundaries and limits is so important. You need to spend time thinking about it. And then you need to work on being assertive and expressing yourself very clearly when it comes to your boundaries and when it comes to resolving any kind of conflict or anything. So, you know, one thing that you can do is to look at your current relationships and evaluate where you need some boundaries and how you think about how you can give yourself permission to take some steps forward in creating those boundaries. If you're like me, it was not until really these last few months, like probably June or July, that I had ever even considered boundaries and limits for the first time. And I know I've said this in my podcast before, but I was in a session with my counselor and she, my counselor asked me, you know, what is your limit with this person? Like, what is your limit with this, this guy? Like, what could he do that would, it would cause you to be like, you know what, that's enough. And it caused this, like, huge ripple effect of me realizing I had never even considered, like, what my boundaries and limits were. So it doesn't have to be just in your romantic relationship. It can be with parents, with children, with friends, with your employer. Whatever the situation is, just take stock of your life and think about where could I use some boundaries. 18, don't expect people to read your mind. Ask for what you want. Communicate how you feel. I feel like that is something, even just in talking to all the people I've talked to lately from all over the world, which is so freaking cool, guys. Like, I think it's so awesome that so many people have reached out to me and connected with me. Literally, I've been talking to people in Australia, in England, in Canada. It's, let's see, somebody I talked to this week was from Germany. And I just think it's incredible. I think it's amazing how many people really want to heal. But I've said all that, digressed. But what I was trying to say was a lot of people have told me they fall into this trap of they think people read their mind. You know, it's like, we have trouble being direct and assertive and we're just kind of hoping that people would, we're not in tune with our own needs. So we're kind of just hoping that somebody else figures out our needs for us. So a big part of recovery and healing is going to be just being direct, just being straight up and telling people what your expectations are with them. So number 19, have a heart to heart with yourself. Like, 
I'm talking, light some candles, look in the mirror, just be real with yourself. You don't have to tell anybody what you say to that mirror, but just be real about what you need to change. So, I mean, for me, like some big things that I have been totally real with myself about is how I need, like I was talking about earlier, like I need to detach from situations. I need, I have needed to just take a deep breath and let people figure things out on their own. And also a huge thing for me has been changing my thoughts and working so hard, like through these worksheets on these cognitive distortions that I was talking about. So if you have trouble with how you talk to yourself, I really recommend those worksheets. But for this tip, you know, that involved me being super real with myself. Like, Cordelia, you you don't talk to yourself good. Like, you know, when I was going through when this last relationship had ended, I remember feeling like so low about myself. I remember feeling like nobody is ever going to love me. And that's a cognitive distortion, FYI. So being able to tell myself like, girl, you need to work on this because you're not talking to yourself nicely. You're, you really need to change this. Like I need to be real with you for a second. You're, you're bullying yourself. You need to be nice. Number 20, learn about healthy relationships. So until that happens, it can be so easy, right, to, to cling on to codependency because we, until we understand and until we're actually healthy and we're out of this mindset, we're going to think we need we're going to fall back into our old ways. So we need to figure out what healthy looks like. And we need to learn how to do any kind of relationship, a friendship, a romantic relationship, without losing our identity. Number 21, learn how to say no. Ooh, it's a hard one, right? Do what you want to do. Like, do you want, do you even want to do that? so hard. I know it's so hard. It's so hard to put our needs first, isn't it? Not meant to make fun of anybody. It's like, it truly is. I know it's a struggle. I saw something. I don't want to like steal this quote and act like it's mine. I honestly don't know who said it. Um, It was on like some meme on Instagram, I think. And it just said no as a complete sentence. And I love that. So Practice, like, you don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to, you don't have to expand. Like, no is okay all by itself. Number 22, don't take blame for other people's actions. Okay, this is not an excuse for you to, like, not take blame for yourself. Where you mess up, mess up. I mean, (laughs) mess up. That's the word that I meant. You know, I feel like I would go back and edit that out and redo it, but it just felt so natural and it feels like more like I'm just talking to my friends. And so I'm just going to leave it because it feels real. So 
don't take blame for other people though because it's if you identify as a codependent person, if you struggled with that, I suspect you've absorbed a lot of blame for other people's stuff, like other other things that are outside of yourself that other people have done and you've taken the blame. So I encourage you to step away from that. Number 23, think ahead. So if People are wanting to break from an addiction because codependency can be like a lot of people call it love addiction. The best thing that you can do is kind of think of the next time you're likely going to want to. So, for example, if you were an alcoholic, the next time that you're going to want to drink, the next time if you gamble that you're going to want to go gamble. Think ahead because when you start understanding like what is triggering you, it those urges become highly predictable and it's easier to work through. 24, make a list of common patterns of the relationships that you get into. So where is the common thread? And again, you know, this can be romantic. This can be friendships, too. Like Maybe you have a common pattern of getting into some toxic friendships. So explore that. Number 25, be patient. Remember, it's a process. So it's about, like, moving towards all these things. I don't expect you to turn off this podcast and then... There you go. You're all better. You're just amazing. It's super easy. No, it's not easy. And it's going to be continuous. And sometimes you're, I mean, it's impossible, right? Like we can't be perfect 24, 7, 365 days a year. It's not attainable. Nobody does it perfect. But if we just look at this as a process that we're always working at, I really think that recovery is so possible for all of us. And it's so awesome to know that you've got so many people out here that are just like you, that are struggling with this, and we're all healing together, right? Not to be cheesy, but we are. 26, be single for a while. Like, that can feel so scary if you've struggled with this for a long time. And I'm really, I'm loving being single. I'm, I'm actually really happy being single. I think it's probably the first time in my life that I haven't even, like I haven't even thought about dating or given it any, any kind of thought. I have no interest in it. And it just feels awesome. Like I'm just really focused on myself and I'm really it feels good to step away from that idea. And that can be scary. Like, for example, I remember, I mean, so I turned 30 in July. And 30, I mean, when you're ex- exiting your 20s and just throughout life, everybody described 30 as being this big, scary number. And so I do remember feeling a little bit like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be single and I'm 30. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> that's, that's my, like, singing voice that I use when I'm making fun of myself. 
Um, but then I kind of got real with myself and I was, was, I worked on that and I, you know, I've come a really long way and I'm not just saying it to say it. Like, I'm really happy being single and I have no intention on finding a relationship or being in a relationship for, for as long as it takes possibly forever and that's okay you know I'm realizing how awesome I am and how complete I am all by myself which is which is really great 27 your final tip ladies and gents is gonna be reading and absorbing materials that are good for your mental health like fill your Instagram with all of the things that are like positive accounts you know try to just read books that it doesn't have to just be about codependency so podcasts social media maybe you're a redditor reddit articles whatever it is and whatever you're struggling with I mean, just try to absorb, like, we get so much crap all the time that we just see, and it really can impact us, and it can hurt when we're trying to heal and we're trying to take big steps forward, right? Because we're seeing these things, and it it can be triggering, and it can be hard. So really take some time to to weed out the stuff that's not going to be good for you. So those are all your tips for healing from codependency. I truly hope they help you. Um, I just wanted to let you know a few things at the end of this episode. So um, first, if you are looking for community and you don't follow my Instagram, you might have missed the announcement I did, but I made an announcement about the book club I started. So it's a Zoom book club. I'm really excited about it. It is called We Heal Together Zoom Book Club. And you can join it. Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes, but it's patreon.com slash codependent recovery. And so there's going to be, there's two options. There's a tier one and a tier two. Tier one is $3 a month and tier two is $6 a month. And in the $3 a month, that's just like, you read the book, and then you get to participate in the Zoom. Um, you can also, you'll be voting to, like, the upcoming books, and there's also a private community page for our book club community. Tier 2, that is $6 a month. That's going to be for somebody who wants to do the book club and then also wants to connect with me and with other people in the community. So you get to connect. There's, like, a bonus Zoom meeting where we all get to hang out. and. I mean, I was so excited to get this going, and I I actually did a survey from my Instagram followers. I got responses from people from Ireland, India, Australia, Netherlands, Canada, and America, and it's just the coolest thing I could ever imagine, like people from all over the world expressing interest in it, and just, I'm really excited about it. So the first meeting is November 8th, 2020 at 11 a.m. Eastern. And I know you might not be in Eastern time zone. So I did go ahead. I'll put it in the show notes, but I put a bunch of like 
I put what that converts to in some comp, some of the time zones at least that responded to my survey on Instagram. Our first book is Dance of Anger, and that is by Harriet Lerner, PhD. I'm really excited about that. It's gonna be gonna be a fun one. It's gonna be really good. So I hope you guys join me. If you do sign up for the six dollar tier, which I think so far two or three people are signed up for that. So that's awesome. Um, there are bon- the bonus hangout this month is October twenty fifth at eleven a.m. Eastern. So I look forward to like meeting some people, putting faces to names from all these people that I've talked to, and connecting with people. It's going to be so cool. And then the final announcement is the workbook that I wrote. So if you're struggling, if you're going through a breakup, if you're going through a divorce, the workbook that I wrote is full of like exercises and things to help you heal. And it's 98 pages. The ebook is currently for sale. And let's see, the print version is going to be released shortly. Um, it's in the final stages, so I'm going to be posting info about that soon. But if you're like me, like, I like, like, I like pen, paper, writing kind of thing. So, um, if ebooks are not your style, hang tight, my friend. Um, anyways, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate your support. You are all amazing. I will see you next Monday.